0: I appreciate brother brother Ray's message, and truly, the the church is is a, the greatest gift that we have Amen. here in this life uh, after our salvation, <laughs> and, uh, and to be able to share that with one another, to be able to uh, have that that consolation in life. I speak to you this morning about consolation. Uh, in the uh, 40th chapter of the book of Isaiah, Brother, Brother Ray mentioned to us John the Baptist and his ministry and his coming. Isaiah chapter 40 is a, is a prophecy of that man coming. It's also a prophecy of the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, that ministry that, that was done there. And in verses 1 and 2, chapter 40, Isaiah says, Comfort ye, comfort ye my people saith your God, speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem and cry unto her that her warfare is accomplished, that her iniquity is pardoned, for she hath received of the Lord's hand double for all her sins. That was a comforting message to Israel in that day. It was a prophecy meant for them, but it's also a prophecy meant for us. It's that prophecy, you know, what what constituted a prophet in the days of the prophets. His prophecies came true. If his prophecies did not come true, you knew he was a false prophet. So if somebody was prophesying something that was going to happen 500 years later, it also had to have something to identify with and constitute the fact that his prophecy was true even in that day so that the people could believe, so that they could understand. And this prophecy was for us and for God's people in that day, and it's a message to you and I. The word comfort there in the Hebrew language literally means To console. We need consolation. Israel needed consolation in that day. And the word of God came to them through Isaiah. Comfort ye, comfort ye, my people, saith the Lord. Our God, speaking to the people. He said, speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem and cry unto her that her warfare is accomplished. God was, God was with them. God was directing the situation. He was taking care of Israel and he was going to take care of his people when throughout time. And so he said to her, your warfare is accomplished that her iniquity is pardoned. Why was Israel in trouble? (laughs) They had sinned. They had turned away from God and God was He had brought condemnation upon them. They needed pardon. (laughs) And we today have sinned. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And we need redemption, don't we? We need that. We need that iniquity to be pardoned in us. Isaiah says her iniquity is pardoned. For from the foundation of the world, as Brother Ray was saying, God had a solution. For she hath received of the Lord's hand double for all her sins. Rack my brain on that verse, last portion of that verse, many, many a time. The word double in the Hebrew, a literal meaning of that, literal duplication of that is duplicate, duplicate. You know why that's precious? I don't think I have to tell y'all, but I'm going to tell you anyway. (laughs) It's precious because the Son of God took upon himself the form of a man and came in human flesh for a purpose, to substitute himself for his people, a duplicate, if you will. That's marvelous. <laughs> That's marvelous. You talk about comfort. You talk about consolation. <laughs> uh, there it is for you. Amen. Oh, what a glorious, glorious subject that is. That, that our consolation is in Jesus Christ. Our comfort is in him. Comfort you, comfort you. I hope you're comforted today in that wonderful, marvelous truth that comes to us by the hand of God through Isaiah. In Isaiah chapter 61 uh let, let, let before we go to Isaiah 61 let let let's talk about the, those words again you know uh we said that the, that Hebrew word comfort means to console and <clears throat> the message there is preached to Israel as a deliverance to them and consolation to God's people but as i said it's consolation to us today too uh it was meant for us uh in the uh, in the Greek, when the word comfort appears in in the New Testament scriptures, especially the ones that I, I may not have looked at every single instance, but the ones that I'm going to talk about today, the the Greek word comf- for comfort there uh, means solace, consolation, comfort, exhortation, entreaty. The Oxford English Dictionary. Foremost authority on the English language. Which gives us definitions from the very time that this Bible was translated from the Hebrew and Greek. The word comfort in that dictionary at that time means to strengthen, to support, to encourage or invigorate to soothe in grief or trouble the word consolation in that same dictionary means to comfort in distress or depression to alleviate the sorrow of to free from the sense of misery that's pretty good definition for consolation and comfort isn't it that 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 tells me, you know, I, that, that's what I want in comfort. That's what I want in consolation. That's what I want from, from my God. <laughs> I, I want him to give me that message, to give me that assurance, that uh, that alleviation of sorrow. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm supposed to be sorrow in sorrow for my sin. And if you're touched by the hand of God, I believe you are. I believe you feel the condemnation of the sins in your life. And I I need some relief from that. And my God has given it to me. He has given it to me. in uh, In Isaiah chapter 61, verses 1 through 3, Isaiah writes there, he says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. Now, Isaiah did that, but he was also talking about somebody else. (laughs) He was talking about somebody else. He said, he hath sent me unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God. Not not just, you know, yes, uh, you know, God is love and, and you, you hear people talk, talking all the time about Jesus is love, you know, and, and He's a loving God, and but He's also a God of vengeance. He's a God of justice. He is a God of righteousness. And that needs to be proclaimed. And Isaiah was proclaiming it. He was proclaiming it and somebody else is going to too. And so he goes on, he said, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn. To appoint unto them that mourn. To appoint unto them that mourn. In Zion, not every mourning that's in the world, not every case that's in the world, but them that are mourning in Zion, still mourning. Are you happy about the sin in your life right now? Are are you glad to have sin in your life? I know you've got sin in your life. I know I've got sin in my life, but I'm not happy about it. I mourn for it. And I continually go to the Lord asking him to, Lord, you've said you've forgiven me. I hope you still do. To give unto them beauty for ashes. That's what, that's what Isaiah wanted to do for Israel. To give them beauty for ashes. You know, the tradition for the Israelites was when they were, when they were mourning, when they were sorrowful, they would put on sackcloth and what? Ashes. Ashes. The oil of joy for mourning. Not, not the daytime mourning, but mourning in your heart. The oil of joy for mourning. The anointing of oil was a joyous thing. It was a healing thing. It was meant for our good, for their good. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. When your heart is heavy, when you do sorrow, When you're concerned for the fact that those sins are in your life, He gives us the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. He enables us still, though our hearts be heavy, we can praise Him. And there's joy in that too. That they might be called trees of righteousness. All in a tree, a beautiful thing. How it stands up. Especially like the, the cedars of Lebanon. Uh, I'll, I'll even go so far as the, the cedars of Tennessee and the pine trees of Texas. They point towards the heavens. That's what we're supposed to do. We're to be like trees of righteousness. Standing up, doing what God, you know what a tree does? It grows up out of the ground just like God intends for it to do. And we're to grow up out of the ground and do what God intends for us to do. The planting of the Lord. How How can we do it? The only way we can do it, Brother Ray, you brought that point out so well. How how are we going to walk in a good way before God? Only by His strength. We'll fail without it. But if we are the planting of the Lord, if He has planted His Spirit in us, then He will stay with us, He will strengthen us, and we will endure, we'll be able to endure. Why? Because He is with us. And without him, we will fail. And all of that, Isaiah says, that he might be glorified. That's the purpose in it all, to glorify God. Now, if you turn over to the, uh, 40, uh, 4th chapter of the book of Luke, Jesus, I'm just, for time's sake, I'm just going to get verse 21. Luke chapter 4, verse 21. Uh, Jesus said, after he read those three verses, he said, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. He was the one Isaiah was talking about. Amen. Amen. And Jesus came into the world. Why? For the comfort and consolation of His people. Our righteousness, um, excuse excuse me. Our righteousness, God must have vengeance on sin. I mean, that, that's because He's God. Because he is a righteous God, he must have vengeance on sin. And Jesus ensured that vengeance. He was our duplicate. He was our duplicate. To comfort, to console those who have been made to mourn for their sin. Jesus came into the world for that purpose. Back up a little bit in, in the book of Luke. Luke chapter 2, starting start verse 25. You know, Jesus came in the flesh. In uh, chapter chapter 2, verse 25, book of Luke, it says, And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And the same man was just and devout waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Ghost was upon him. Now, that man was looking. He was waiting because the Holy Ghost was upon him. The Spirit of God was with him, strengthening him, making him what he was, and he was waiting for something. He was waiting for that consolation, that comfort that Isaiah had told him about. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Hallelujah. Oh, what a message. What a revelation that that man had. Simeon, God said, you're not going to die. You're not going to leave this earth until you've seen my salvation, and he didn't mean figuratively <laughs> oh uh, <clears throat> he's going to see the Lord's Christ, and he came by the spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus, that Joseph and Mary, who were considered his uh, joseph uh Mary was his mother. Joseph was supposed to be his father. They believed that in that day. To do for him after the custom of the law, then took he, him up in his arms. That is Simeon did. Now, can you imagine you went to the temple and you've got your eight year old baby and some old man walks up and takes your baby? Eight, yeah. I, that, that, I'm, thank you, brother Ray. I, eight, eight days old. Eight days old. And he just <laughs> takes that baby. Now he's not the priest. He's not, he's not anything. In, he, he's an old man at the temple, but he's an old man that's filled with the Holy Ghost. <laughs> and I believe that reflected from him. And I believe Mary gladly handed that baby over to him. He took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now us thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles, and the glory of thy people Israel. What a glorious sight it was. And what a testimony. Man filled with the Holy Ghost. He said, I've seen thy salvation. Lord, you told me I would see your Christ. And I've seen him. And I've held him in my arms. I've seen your salvation. In the, uh, in the 23rd Psalm, the fifth, verse five, uh, David said there, he says, thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Well, that, that describes what, that describes every child of God that is made to see his salvation. Uh, I believe that was, that was the heart of uh, Simeon at that time, I believe that he, God had put it in his heart and he, he said, Lord, thou, you, you've anointed my head with oil. Uh, you've taken away the, the sorrows of life. you put that joy within me. You've you've allowed me to see thy salvation. Now, isn't it that way with you? in this life, right now, when in your life you've been blessed to see the Savior, to see that one who is the duplicate for you. He stood in your place. He died a substitute for your sins and your sins have been washed away by the blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. What a story that is. Amen and amen. Turn over to Romans chapter fifteen. Romans chapter fifteen. Let's let's start in verse, verse three. For even Christ pleased not himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of them that reproach thee fell on me. The reproaches of me and you (laughs) fell on Christ. For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning. Those words in Isaiah, that comfort that comes through God, by God, through Isaiah for us. It was written, aforetime were written for our learning that we, through patience and comfort of the scriptures, might have hope. Oh, that we can, that we can gather here today, that that we can gather here next week, that we can gather in Nacogdoches, that we, that we can gather down there at Oleanan, that we can gather, uh, in, in, in any place where that true church of the Lord Jesus Christ is met together, where his saints come together, we can meet with them and there we can have together comfort of the scriptures. And we get from that our hope, our blessed assurance. Now, the God now, Okay, we, we've got all that. Now, he says, now the God of patience and consolation, uh, we, we've seen he's that God of consolation, he's that God of comfort, Uh grant you to be like-minded, like-minded, one toward another according to Christ Jesus. Everybody isn't isn't designed the same way. Did you ever notice that? Everybody and and you know we, we we grow up with likes and dislikes and uh Brother Leroy is different from me. Brother Ray's different from me. Brother Leroy is just like me. Brother Ray's just like me. In so many ways. But we have uh, we're 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 here, uh, and we're supposed to be like-minded toward one another, according to Jesus Christ, that ye may be, you may with one mind and one mouth. You know, no, we don't always see everything just alike. No, we we don't always have the the personality that just meshes with somebody else, do we? But we're not one in our own personalities. (laughs) We're one in Christ. And that's what enables us, even if our personalities out in the world might conflict. We've got a union in Christ that brings us together, that we may with one mind and one mouth glorify God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. There again. Why? What's all this for? Why? Why was all this done? Why did Jesus come into the world? Yes, it was for the comfort and consolation of his people, but it was for the glory of God. Second Corinthians. Second Corinthians chapter 1, starting verse 3. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and the God of all comfort. You know, we're talking about comfort, aren't we? We're talking about consolation. There is no real comfort apart from the comfort of God. Men will look towards everything in the world. All, oh, some people that, that they, they never get enough money. They get more money and more money and more money. Are they happy? No. Richest people that I've ever known of in the world. They don't die happy. And we're all gonna die happy lest the Lord comes back first. <clears throat> but he's the God of all com- real comfort, real consolation. There's not any outside of him. Who comforteth us in all our tribulations. Not, not just some of them. He's, you can go to him with any trouble, any problem, any crisis, any situation. That And he, does, he gives us comfort. Why does he do it? He does that for a reason. That we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble. You can share what's happened in your life with your brother and your sister to help them through the troubles that they're in in their life. And why? Because all of that comfort comes from God in the first place. So you may comfort them in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God or by God. You know, that's, that's how you comfort somebody else. Tell them how God has comforted you. I don't care if it's the loss of a loved one, the loss of a bank account, the loss in the stock market, uh, loss of health, the same way that he comforts you. You can use that to comfort somebody else. For as the sufferings, for as the sufferings of of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also aboundeth in Christ. The sufferings of Christ abound in us. His grace, His grace, His his pleasure, I'll, I'll go that far. It, it was his pleasure to die for your iniquities. Because he was pleasing the Father. <laughs> uh, so he says, for the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also aboundeth by Christ. It comes, it. It all comes from Him. <laughs> it all comes. It's all because of Him. And whether we be afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation. Paul says, "What what happened to me? You know, me getting shipwrecked, me getting beat, me getting stoned and left for dead. That's all. You know, what happened on every one of those situations? God brought him through. So Paul says." Just like he brought me through, he bring you through. It's for your consolation. What I suffer is for your consolation. I can share that with you that you might be comforted. Uh, he says, uh, which is effectual. I like that word. <laughs> I like that. God's grace is effectual. Uh, which is effectual in the enduring of the same sufferings which we also suffer, or whether we be comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation. It's all, is for your benefit, isn't it? <laughs> Amen. Romans chapter 8, verse 18, what Paul say there, he says, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Yes, there's afflictions in life. There's trouble in life. But oh, how how pitiful uh it, it is compared to that glory that that will be revealed in us. Uh when we can we can gather together and we can sing uh, the hymn uh, number 303 in the hymnal there. Uh the How happy is every child of grace that feels his sins forgiven. This earth, he cries, is not my place. I seek a place in heaven, a country far from mortal sight. Oh, yet by, oh, by faith I see the land of rest, the saints' delight, a heaven prepared for me. Uh, Oh, what a blessed hope is ours while here on earth we stay, when he shall more of heaven bestow and bid my soul. Remove. <clears throat> well, uh, uh, I, I skipped a parting. Let me, uh, while here on earth I stay, we more than taste the heavenly powers and antedate that day. We feel the resurrection near our life con- in Christ concealed. And with his glorious presence here, our longing hearts are filled. He, he's still present here. <laughs> he's in heaven, but he's here too. Oh, when, when he shall more of heaven bestow and bid my soul remove and let my trembling spirit go to meet the God I love with rapturous joy uh, with rapturous awe on him I'll gaze who died to set me free and sing and shout redeeming grace in vast eternity. Oh hallelujah what a God we have uh, in Philippians chapter two verses one and two. Paul says there if there be therefore <clears throat> any consolation in Christ, if there be therefore any consolation in Christ, you ever thought about that statement? I love the fact that uh, that we can we can understand properly, when verses like that, Paul's not saying, he's not using the word if like you and I use the word if today. When Paul says if, uh, it's it's as though he's saying for as much as or since there is. Uh, so I'm we we could read that. I, I'm not saying we need to change the King James Bible. I'm just saying listen listen to what paul is saying uh as much as there is consolation in christ, okay there is consolation in christ, as much as there is consolation in christ christ uh there there is comfort of love in Christ. There's bowels and mercies in Christ. He says fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and of one mind. Uh that the, the bowels there inward affection. We're supposed to have inward affection one for the other. Since there is consolation in Christ. <laughs> and and if you, if, you, if you tasted that the Lord is gracious, you know there is consolation in Christ, don't you? Hebrews chapter 6, verses 13 through 19. Paul says, therefore, when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely blessing I will bless thee, and multiplying I will multiply thee. And so, after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. That's Abraham did. Abraham endured. He believed God. And in his endurance, by God's grace, he received the promise. For men verily swear by the greater, and an oath... For confirmation is to them an end of all strife. We, we make agreements. Today we, we draw up contracts and I, I got to admit a lot of times today the contract's not worth the paper it's written on. But, you know, in, as I was growing up, two men agreed on something. They shook hands. They made an agreement. They made a compact. They had a contract with each other and a man's word was his bond. And a man, and your word ought to be your bond. You ought to stand by your word, because we have the great example, the God, who made promise to Abraham. He said, wherein, uh, said with men, you know, the, an oath for confirmation to them is an end of all strife. If if you swear to your your friend, your brother, that that this is the way it is, both of you can walk away and be satisfied, right? Where in God, willing more abundantly, I meant to look that up, you know, super abundantly. If it's God in abundance, it's got to be super abundantly more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel. He's unchangeable. The immutability of his counsel confirmed it by an oath. (laughs) That by two immutable things, in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have strong consolation who have fled for refuge To lay hold upon the hope set before us. Which hope we have. As an anchor of the soul. Both sure and steadfast. And which entereth into that within the veil. God's promise to you. And your assurance. Is seated in heaven. It's within the veil. It's there for you. It is secure. It is fastened. Securely by the unchangeable, all powerful God of heaven. Get one more couple of verses. Second Thessalonians chapter two, verses sixteen and seventeen. Now, now, okay. I like I like it when he says now Now our Lord Jesus Christ himself not somebody else but the Lord Jesus Christ himself and God even our father which hath loved us and hath given us everlasting consolation and good hope through grace, comfort your hearts and establish you in every good word and work. God has accomplished it. He's given it freely and we're his. And he's put a responsibility on us. He's made us responsible. And bound us. Because he has taken us from captivity. And made us his own. And established us. In that good hope. In the immutable promise the unchangeable, blessed assurance, promise of Jesus Christ, our God. And he's coming back. He's coming back. And whether you're alive or whether you're in the grave, he's taking you home. Now that's consolation. May God bless you.